Welcome to Liquid Church Audio. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. LiquidChurch.com, living water for a thirsty world. You know, I, to me, that's like one of the all times uh, kind of like 80s songs would be, uh, you know, don't stop believing. I remember uh, being in the shower, being about 17 years old, going, hold on to that feeling. You've all done that. In karaoke competition, that is gold. Okay, that's like, that's the song. Um, in fact, back in 1981, that was the song. We're going to straighten this whole thing out. We've got a lot of things going on up here. But um, it was, you know, Don't Stop Believing. That was their signature song off their album, Escape. Who remembers that album? Okay, okay, good times. I saw you had your lighters out, your phones up. Um, still their signature song, whenever Journey plays at, uh, at Great Adventure nowadays. It's, uh, it's kind of... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Some of Steve Perry diehards like, dude, <laughs> kind of an anthem of hope. You know, don't stop believing in the, in, the, in the face of like overwhelming odds. I think that's why it has been like hijacked for the last uh, a couple of decades by sports teams, politicians. Back in 2005, the Chicago White Sox, they used it as their theme song during their improbable, you know, World Series run, run in 2005. And then Hillary Clinton actually employed it. I don't know if you remember this earlier this year in her campaign video. Uh, with a little less success than that, but it's definitely memorable, and not just for Steve Perry's, you know, leopard print shirt and, uh, and, and full-on mullet. Take a look at this. I mean, how tight were pants in the 1980s? It's like, wow, kind of block, block that out. We don't want anyone to stumble here. But um, it, Don't Stop Believing is a great, great title, and in fact, if we were renaming the chapters of the book of Haggai, which we've been looking at, that is what we would title chapter two. In fact, turn there with me, would you? You have a Bible there in your seat. Uh, that's page 657. We are in the third week of our current series, Rock God, in which we are creatively using some of the rock anthems of the 80s as a springboard for exploring the broader themes of God's word, specifically the Old Testament book of Haggai. And if you're just tuning in, this is actually, it's a fine time to join us because, because the story of Haggai kind of takes a turn here in chapter two and you're going to see why this anthem is kind of fitting. In fact, I'm hoping that you're going to see it's more than fitting here in scripture but has broader application for your life. Um, God's word, we're told, it is living, it is, it is active, and, and my hope is that God's going to actually speak very clearly to you today and, and directly to some of you even in this room or watching or listening online. Um, we know we've been, we've been, you've been sending us emails and, and connection cards, and, and, and God has put his finger on a number of life issues uh, of the people in this room and, and even, again, through, through the Internet. And my experience is that, my, my expectation is that he's going to speak to you today. He's already spoken to, to me today in, in a way. So let me just pray and just kind of clear the deck and then we will rock some exegesis. Jesus, um, we invite you in. We clear out room now in our heart, Lord, for you to plant your truth. This is your word, God. It is living. It's active. So plant it, Lord. Uh, till the soil of our hearts so you can plant something and grow a new thing here, Father. We are expecting to hear from you, Lord. So just clear my words out of the way. Speak directly to your people. In the name of Jesus, amen. 
All right, so quick, quick review of the story up to this point. Pr- pretty easy. If you missed chapter one, here are the spark notes. It, it, it's really short. It's a two-chapter two book. But chapter one, really, it's just all about rebuilding the temple, okay? In, in the Old Testament at this point, the Jewish temple was destroyed. And God called 50,000 Israelites back to Jerusalem to rebuild it. That's it. That's what the whole story is about, building this, this temple that's in ruins. And, and what we discovered there is that the, te- the temple was a symbol of the people's relationship with, you remember this, with God, okay? So very simple. The book's about rebuilding your relationship with God. And what we found is that when God calls us to rebuild any area of our life, it requires sacrifice, right? The the, the Israelites actually had to leave Babylon where they kind of had a, a posh life, pretty easy, comfortable life, and move into this city that was in ruins, And so the idea is that anytime we step in to rebuild an area of our lives that God calls us to, we should actually expect opposition. We, in, in, in Haggai here, we were told the neighboring tribes, the Samaritans, actually hired counselors to thwart the plans of the Israelites. And, and I, you know what it is for you. I got an email from a gal this week who's stepping out on, on God's call in her life. She's pretty sure that God's calling her to actually go to nursing school and become a nurse. And, and, All right, let's hear for the nurses. Okay, Mary Chow. This isn't yours, but okay, awesome. Um, What she found is, now that she's stepping out that way, it's stirring all sorts of opposition. She wrote this, she goes, I feel called to go back to nursing school, specifically to serve in medical ministry overseas in Africa. She goes, I immediately, she goes, it was was like timing, I ran into a wall of problems. Then she actually lists them here. She said, you know, from financial aid, credit transfers, change in programs, and she says, over the past two months, I have been fighting with my school every step of the way, lost records, financial stuff. Well, last week, I had a crisis of faith and thought, maybe this isn't God's plan for me. And it got so bad that I started to think that God was maybe closing the doors. But then I heard how the Jewish people gave up on building the temple. And it totally struck a chord with me. I know that if I don't go to school this September, I actually just might give up and become stagnant like the Israelites did for 10 years. I don't want to waste another decade. You ask the question, Tim, what would I do this week if I was absolutely, positively, 100% confident that God was with me? And my immediate response was to give my notice at work and trust God to take that leap of faith and know that he will go ahead of me taking care of the financial aspects. So I did. Gulp. I can't begin to express the peace that has come over me this week knowing that I'm following God in spite of the opposition. These last few weeks have been a nightmare, full of disappointment and crushing pains, but God has not failed me. And I'm so looking forward to walking this path that he has laid out for me. That is just one example, and again, we have heard from literally hundreds of you. I, I have gone through all these connection cards, reading them, and seeing how many of you are trying to step out in an area of your life you feel God's putting his finger on and, and, and leading you forward, and then you get slammed with opposition. But God's call to rebuild or begin... Chapter 2, it comes with a stirring promise. You remember this from last week? I Four words, powerful words, right? I am what? With you, declares the Lord. That was, that was God's promise to the Israelites. That we sang Emmanuel, God with us. And it breathed new life into his people who were, who, who were intimidated and empowered them to take that next step. Do you remember that? Look at verse, uh, would you look at this for, verse 14? Just a chapter 1, and this kind of sums it up. It says, so the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, stirred up the spirit of Joshua, stirred up the spirit of the whole remnant of people, and they came and began to work on the house of the Lord God Almighty on the 24th day of the sixth month. In other words, a renewed, it breathed a new, renewed sense 
that God's presence was in their life and it allowed them to do this. Turn the page on chapter one and open up a brand new chapter in our our lives called what? Chapter two. That's where we begin today, chapter two. Now here's the deal. I don't know where you're coming from, why you're here, maybe a friend brought you, but maybe you are facing a chapter two in your life where you are at a point of transition. You're preparing to rebuild a part of your life that was maybe stalled or or was taken away or or torn apart. In other words, maybe you just moved here, right? Welcome to New Jersey, okay? Or or maybe maybe you're actually moving somewhere new and you've got all new friends to make, you know, this fall. You're in a new state or city or country, and you feel alone starting over. You have to build all from scratch. That's, that's chapter two, okay? Or maybe it's chapter two in a relationship. Maybe something just ended for you, or you, you, were, just, you, you were divorced. You're starting over. Or actually, you've remarried, and now, now, now you're blending families. Ch- chapter two. Or maybe you're beginning chapter two in your career. You, you've just started a new job or, or, or your role at work has changed. You've actually been like thrust into a new situation and you don't, you, you don't feel prepared. Maybe there's some hesitation and you know what? That's natural because it's chapter two in your career. Chapter two can begin at any season of your life. Sometimes it's not something that goes wrong, but it simply grows up. It enters a new stage. Uh, I think of Pastor Dave, not, not Aussie Dave, but Dave Brooks, who talk, he took his youngest daughter, Kate, to college this weekend. Him and Lois drove up there, dropped her off. The, the last daughter, big deal. <laughs> it was like life without his two girls, an empty house. And, 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 you know, we actually even have a name for it, right? It's called Empty Nest What? Syndrome. Yes, syndrome, because parents sometimes have difficulty navigating that transition. They struggle with chapter two. I don't know what it is for you, but, but chapter two, a new beginning. It can be exciting on one hand and very scary on the other. Here's why. Because you know pain is part of that process. Anytime we make a decision to listen to God's call and take a risk and step out to rebuild an area of our life, the transition can be difficult and painful. At least this is what the Israelites discovered. Would you do, I'll stop talking here. Look at chapter 2 here. Let's read the first few verses together. It says, On the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel. Speak to Josh, the the son of the high priest. Speak to the remnant of the people. Basically, like, tell everybody. And ask them this. Look at verse 3. Who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory. How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? So so catch what's going on here, right? The Hebrew people hear God's call. They start rebuilding the temple. They're rebuilding their relationship with him. And God literally says, time out. I got a question. They're they're reconstructing the temple. And he asks this. He says, just pause. Who of you, show hands, is left? who saw this house in its former glory. In other words, he says, mental rewind, who remembers 1981? All right? You remember that feeling? In the context of the Bible, it's like God's like, who remembers Solomon's temple, the original one? Who was here 66 years ago? And the people in the back were like, yeah, I was here for that, I remember. And it was amazing because that was an incredible thing. Solomon's original temple was one of the architectural marvels of the ancient world. It was opulence beyond compare. It was literally enormous, enormous walls, gilt with silver and pure gold. And people who literally didn't even believe in the God of the Bible, they traveled just to come see this thing. And God basically is asking them, he says, I want you to remember that. Do you remember chapter one? The glory of, of the life you experienced before this moment. Of turning the page. You remember your first relationship? Your, your, your original job? Do you rem- Go back to chapter one. Do you remember life before kids? 
And suddenly you get flooded with feelings from chapter life, you know, chapter one in your life, you know, life BK before kids. Or life AK after kids. Or, or, or maybe, and, it, and you see it evokes something. My, my first relationship, some of you are like, ah, oh, and some are like, oh. For some, it's a sweet memory. For others, it's quite painful. But this is a strategic question that God raises to his people because he knew that as they turned the page on chapter 2 and began rebuilding, inevitably, they would be tempted to compare what currently is with what previously was. See, see, the new temple they were building, it paled in comparison with the former one, the one Solomon built. It wasn't nearly as big, it wasn't as beautiful, it, was not, it wasn't not ornate. In fact, if you turn to Second Chronicles where they describe it, and Solomon actually asks this question, he says, he says the temple I build must be large and magnificent. And then actually, it just, this is an amazing little verse, it says, I'll give the woodsman who cut the lumber for it 20,000 baths of wine. He says, I just want the temple to be big. I want the people who like, you know, are building, I want them to bathe in 20 gallons, you know, vats of wine. Because <laughs> this thing's going to be amazing. In that translation, the original temple was pimped out. This thing was amazing. So as the people start rebuilding, they start thinking back to the previous one. And they look around them, like at the smoldering ruins in Jerusalem. In, in, in the kind of modest scope and size of the new building. And, and they felt what? A, a longing, a longing actually for chapter 1. A feeling that what currently is wasn't measuring up to what previously was. Check this out. Turn to uh, page 330. That's, uh, that's the, the book of Ezra, chapter 3. And I want you to watch the effect this has on them. The book of Ezra actually gives us the details of the reconstruction process. And it says this. When the, this is verse 10 in Ezra 3. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests brought out trumpets. They brought out symbols. And all the people gave what? Let's read it together. A great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation was laid. In other words, as they laid the cornerstone, here comes the crane. They're like a little over. Bring it in. Yeah, we're okay. Right there. They lay this out. They're like, boom. They're like, stop. Break out the grand piano. Break out the instruments. Get the air horn out. Eh, eh, eh. Chapter two, here we go. And they gave out a great shout of praise and people were like, woo, woo, raise the roof, go. But now watch this because that was half the people. Something happens here in verse 12, which is interesting. Look at this. But many of the older priests, the older family heads who had seen the former temple, they what? Wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. You catch this. As Temple 2.0 goes up, there are literally two totally opposite reactions among one group of people. On the one hand, you have a younger generation. They're cheering and celebrating, while the older generation who remember chapter 1 and how magnificent the original temple was and how it was big, it was spacious, it was, it was comfortable. And this is nothing like that. And they began, what's the word? Weeping. It, it was so inferior. They wept aloud when they saw the foundation being laid while many others shouted for joy. In fact, would you check out verse 13? It says this. No one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping because the people, what? Made so much noise. And the sound was heard from far away. You capture the significance here? New chapter. Turn the page. 
Temple 2.0, God calls them to turn the page. And what's their reaction? On one hand, half the people are like, woo, music, laughter, cheering, celebration. On the other hand, weeping and crying and sobbing because this is different than what I thought and loved that we had. Why? Because the truth that God is revealing to us here is that whenever he calls us to turn a page in our lives, begin chapter 2, we first have to say goodbye in order to say hello. That is literally the first point of Haggai chapter 2. We have to say goodbye to what once was in order to fully say hello and embrace the new thing that God's about to do in our lives. And that, my friends, is painful. You know this. Many of you wrote that on your connection cards from last week. If you're you're turning the page, you're chapter two in a relationship, you went through a broken engagement, or your divorce is still fresh, and the memories linger, and you want to move on, you want to embrace the new thing that God's going to do in your life, but the memories are too fresh, and it's painful. Or or maybe it's chapter two, you're acclimating to a a new state, a new city, country, you're all alone, and what happens at night? You start thinking back to your previous life, and all the family I had surrounding me, my friends who were my network, and now I've got like, like no one, it seems. It's very hard to start over. Chapter 2. It doesn't have to be grief. Pain actually comes from joy. I, I think of chapter 2 for new moms. Any new moms here? Yeah. Difficult transition. I mean, being a mother, can, it, it's a massive joy. Huge blessing, but it's painful too. It's isolating. You can be very, very lonely. Because for, th- for 30 years of your life, you came in and went as you pleased. You, saw, you, know, you enjoyed your friends and family. Went and now you've got this thing, this, this gift from God, this little leech suckered onto you. I know, I know I'm not supposed to be saying this. All children are joy. But they can suck the life right out of you. When it comes down to Monday through Friday, if you're a new mom, you know. You know this. Chapter 2 ain't all tea and roses. We, had, we literally had the new moms were just like, hold on. Yes, testify. They were like, yes, it's true. You know, you know, you used to, you used to, you know, you know, you used to, call, you used to get dressed up and go out for dinner with your, your friends and stuff. And now if you're lucky, you can brush your teeth before noon. It's like, whatever you are dealing with, the chapter twos of life are very hard and a source of pain. Transition always is. Because when we compare what currently is with what previously was, it can be paralyzing and literally stop us in our tracks and prevent us from fully turning the page in that area of our lives, and we end up stalled again. Maybe just paralyzed, intimidate out of fear, and you know what? That's okay. It's okay. It's actually quite natural if you are human, because any new beginning, it means loss, and loss means grief. You know what? God doesn't just ask us to just kind of move past our grief. That, that's, li- that's literally what some folks think God wants us to do. Like when we're hurt or we experience a loss, we, th- we think like, well, I know I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to be like, just suck it up. You know, come on, what's wrong with you? Nothing could be further from the truth of God's word. Do you notice who is it here in Haggai who calls the people, says, stop. I want you to remember. Who is it? It's God. The word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Ask them, who have you left? who saw this house in its former glory, how does it look to you now? Does it seem to you like, what's the word? Nothing? In other words, before we can fully turn the page and enter into the chapter 2 God's calling us into, God gently raises the memory of chapter 1 and he says, I want you to acknowledge the pain of that, how hard this is. 
invites us actually to be honest and confess, you know what, this transition hurts. This is, this is not like what, what I had before. Our, 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 my, my past history was big, it seemed expansive, it seemed beautiful, it was my dream. And, and compared to what I currently have now, well, it, it, it just doesn't compare. I know. <laughs> um, my, my dad has cancer, most of you know that. He was diagnosed with lymphoma 10 years ago. And, and when word of that came kind of crashing into the life of our family, that was hard. I mean, we, we cried. It was a loss of health. But God did something, in, I mean, incredible, significant thing here. I mean, through chemo, he sent my dad into remission. And my dad's been in remission for almost 10 years, which made the news earlier this summer that his cancer it was recurring all the more difficult. Because, because you hope it can go on like that forever. You do. And, and now we're once again in the process of scans and tests and biopsies and all that kind of stuff to determine what the next steps will be. And you know what, just real candidly, that's not a page we're anxious to turn in our family's life. It's just not. We, we like chapter one. Those of you who've been impacted by illness, you know what I'm talking about. The hardest part is often actually the memory. You begin remembering what life was like in, in chapter one, in our case, life pre-cancer. And then you, you, when you look to the future now, you actually don't blow trumpets. You don't take out the symbols and say, let's have a parade. Your gut response is in joy. In fact, sometimes weeping is a, is a sound you hear. Now, look, I don't mean to get all heavy on you. This is just the application of Haggai that God gave to me in the chest this week. That's what God's word told me. I, I wonder what it is in yours. C- come back up with me. I want you to think about this. What in your life, what transition are you facing? What chapter two has God invited you to journey into because that but that's the truth by the way he invited you into this is notice it says this is the story of who god not the story of tim okay god's telling this thing and, and he and he called rebuild this part of your relationship what chapter two are you facing in your life what's your chapter two maybe it is a relationship transition you're in a new marriage or, or you've got new kids or you're newly single you're single again or it's a transition at work Things, things aren't bad, they're growing, but that's painful because growth is hard. And it's easy to, to, to look back and long for the, the way things were. And you know what? Some of your peers are celebrating and blowing horns like, woohoo, this is awesome. But you can't really join them because, because you like the way things previously were. And the new thing is very hard to embrace. That's pain. Maybe it's transitioning churches. That, that, can, that can be painful. I mean, maybe the church you were previously at actually raises some painful memories. And you're, you're new here at Liquid and you're hopeful, but you're like very apprehensive. Because you're, you're like, you're very hesitant to, to, to fully turn the page and like get involved. Because chapter two, you don't want to be disappointed again. And you know what it means? It means all new people, all new relationships. And, and bad as, as that was, this can't compare. So don't get your hopes up. Friends, whatever your situation is today, God's truth to us in Haggai chapter 2 is this. Whenever he calls you to turn a page in your life, you must first say goodbye in order to say hello. You actually have to say goodbye to what once was to fully embrace the new thing that he wants to do, the new chapter he wants to write um, you, you met Dave Adamson, Dave, uh, Aussie Dave, 
before. And uh, Pastor Dave and his wife, Meg, they moved here from Australia this past spring with their three girls and, uh, to join our staff and, and build our internet campus. And they'd actually not been to the New York area before as a family, so, so this was a pretty big deal. They actually began listening online to Liquid at Home, and, and, and we got talking. They shared our vision for taking church to the people, and they did something pretty dramatic. I mean, they turned the page in, in a big way. I mean, you try moving from Melbourne to Morristown, New Jersey. You talk about a page turner. Woo! Not Kansas. And that transition, like any, had and still has its challenges. In fact, this week I was talking with Pastor Dave, just kind of asking, you know, how is that going? And, and as we got talking, I said, would you and Meg be willing and generous enough to actually share the truth and honesty of that story with us? When we first came to America, you know, it was exciting because God was starting this whole new chapter in our lives and, and we were looking forward to that. Um, but, you know, starting a new chapter is always hard because it means you have to, you know, turn the page and move on from the things that you, you formerly had. Back home, we had uh, just built a new house um, three years ago and it was our dream house, you know, it had everything that we we wanted in it and we felt really comfortable and that was our home and that was where we were going to raise our family and it had lots of space for the kids to play inside and out. You know, I'd worked really hard to get to a place in my career where I was at the level that I wanted to be. You know, I was a sports reporter on TV, that was my dream job and I I finally got there. At home we also had like a really good community of friends who we regarded as our family. We were really close, we lived in like really close community with each other, dinners and works. You know, I'll be honest, there's times where we've um, missed home more than we expected we ever would, missed um, our friends and our family more than we expected, and missed little things too, you know, missed the comfort of my car and driving on the left-hand side of the road, and missed um, sport, and missed a meat pie with sauce at the footy, you know, things like that. It sounds little and, and trivial, but, you know, there's been times where, you know, I've come home from work and just sat in bed with Meg and we've just cried together. You're constantly comparing the way life was with the way life is, and that naturally raises doubts, doubts about whether or not we should be here or whether or not we made the right decision or, or whether or not we heard God correctly. And, you know, we, we've struggled with that. We struggle with the loss of the things that we had back home, and it, and it makes it tough. With all the trials and, and all the things that have seemed to have gone wrong since we've been here in three months, it still is being confirmed every day that this is where we're meant to be and that God is with us and that it's, it's, it's getting better. It is getting better. Relationships are developing and we have met some of the most amazing people here. It's truly been a blessing to us. and. Um, we're excited about the future with those people and the future here. It's getting better all the time. You know, what we've realised is things won't be like they were, but we have to have hope in what God has planned for us in the future. You know, hope that, hope in what God is going to do with us and through us. Um, but you know what, we know that we have to say goodbye to chapter one in order to fully embrace chapter two. And that's hard, but... You know, we've got the faith and we've got the hope that God's going to show us some mighty and powerful things in chapter 2. We've got hope 
and trust and faith in God that chapter 2 is going to be better and bigger than anything we could have possibly, possibly imagined. And that's where we draw our strength from. When God calls you to turn a page in your life, to begin chapter 2, we first have to say goodbye in order to say hello. We actually have to mourn what previously was and say it is not like what currently is. It's going to be different. Whether it's moving, it's relationships, it's business, kids just coming into the picture or just moving out, it's all the same. You need to actually mourn that loss, acknowledge the pain of that transition. That's what God surfaces here. Don't sugarcoat it, but don't stay there. What, what do you need to say goodbye to in order to say hello to a new chapter in your life? Because the Israelites had a lot to say goodbye to if they were going to embrace the new thing God wanted to build in their midst. And so must we. That's why God speaks to them here a second time in chapter 2. Would you look at this verse 4 here? He gives them these words of encouragement. He says, but, transition word now, two words together, just throw them up there. Be what? Strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, O Joshua. Be strong, all you people. And what? Work. What? Translation, move on. Now that you have mourned that loss, I've surfaced this. I want you to press in. And I want you to start moving because I'm about to do a new thing. Don't stop believing, but do not hold on to that No, do not sit there. Be, press in and get to work. And you can do that, not denying the pain or putting a Photoshop smile on it, by actually having to look to me, though, now in a new way for the strength you're going to need to make this transition. Do you remember my personal pledge to you? He reminds them here in verses 4 and 5. Look at this. He says it again here, repetition. Anytime God repeats something, notice it. He says, for I am, throw it up, Jess, with you declares the Lord. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. Do you remember that transition? And my spirit remains among you. Therefore, what? Three words. Do not fear. Translation, no fear. You know that bumper sticker you see on the t-shirts? They owe royalties to Haggai. It comes from Haggai. In other words, I'm renewing at this moment, as you hold that page, my pledge to be with you in a brand new way you haven't previously experienced. You don't have to do this alone. It's not, I'm not saying to suck it up or buck up. I'm saying the opposite. Would you be willing to say, unless God is with me and us, I can't do this. And I'm fully dependent on him for strength to actually turn the page and start over. And folks, you understand this? This is the secret to the Christian life is actually renouncing our good intentions or pretending we have it all together and instead looking actually, God, you got to show up in a new way. And only unless I confess my weakness, I confess my fear, and, I, you gotta, and say, God, you got to show yourself strong on my behalf. That's why he says, no fear. I am with you. I began this. And while it will not be like what you previously had, it will be better in ways you can't envision yet. Are you tracking with this? Track with God's sequence. It's God's word. Get the sequence. Be honest. Mourn the loss. Now be strong and get to work. No fear. I'll be with you. Draw close. We'll go together. That, whenever we press in to God, to press on, 
God pledges, I'm going to show up in a new way. What, what, what you're reading here is an echo of a promise God previously made to his people through the prophet Isaiah. He instructed them, uh, this is amazing, if you want to write this down, Isaiah 43, just powerful here. He said, actually said, forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. Let's read it together. See, I am what? Doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? He's like, don't you get it? Don't you see it? And you're like, what, what, what? The new thing in front of you. What new thing might God be trying to do in your life that you don't quite perceive? It's confusing. You don't see it yet. It's springing up. I think it's in front of you, but, I, but you're still looking in the rear view. What's clouding your vision? What's actually thwarting you from embracing it? Maybe it's feelings. Maybe it's feelings. Maybe it's memories from the past. That's fine. Don't stop believing, but don't hold on to that feeling because whenever we follow God's leading to turn the page and actually take him out his word, he makes a new way for us, does a new thing in our hearts. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you perceive it? I'm making a, what does he say? A way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. In other words, life may seem barren or dry at the beginning of any new chapter in your life, but just stop. Do you feel it? You feel it? You feel those tremors? When we press in, to press on, God pledges to show up in a new way. It's starting to shoot up. Do you, do you sense it? And this is where it gets exciting, folks. Because what God, this is now you're going to start, you're going to start living faith. Because what God promises next in verses 6 to 9 are, are, are meant to shake us. Right? Memories of chapter 1, we know the key verse was kind of, stall, it can stall us. But when God's spirit shows up to stir in our hearts in a new way, what he does next is actually shake our lives in a, in a brand new way. Would you look at this? Check it out. Verse 6. We'll just read the rest of the, uh, the, the, the passage here. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will what? Shake all nations and the desired of all nations will come. And I will fill this new house with glory, says the Lord Almighty, the silver is mine, the gold is mine. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. And in this place, I will grant, what's the word it ends on? Peace. In other words, Haggai said, God's about to do a new thing, and he sees your tears. He sees them. He does. But if you will let go of chapter 1, and press into God so he can lead you into chapter 2 and learn to actually lean on him in a new way, he will do something even greater in the next chapter than he did in the former. It will not be the same. It will be different. But mark this, it will shake the heavens. It will shake the nations and it will shake you personally if you allow him. You notice actually how, I love how, it's a little obscure, little prepositional phrase to begin, but what are the words he begins this with, this prophecy with? In a what? Little while. Meaning, not all at once. Chapter 2 can start slow. And maybe you're feeling frustrated by the lack of progress. But this is what the Lord Almighty says, in a little while. Not all at once, but mark this, it's coming. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens, shake the nations. I'm going to shake you. And there's going to be a glory that becomes greater than the glory of the former life. In other words, God's going to make this chapter even better than the previous one, but not in the same way. Because first, he has to shake us out. He actually has to slough off all the stuff that we thought actually was a source of security that we've been kind of leaning on to refocus on what's truly important. See, a new, a new thing always requires a new focus. 
Because when, 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 you, when you step into chapter 2, you, it's kind of like God, you kind of like kind of going along. He knocks the crutches out in chapter 1 that we were kind of like got used to leaning on. And all of a sudden we suddenly learn in a new way what it actually is like to lean on, on God alone. Literally, say, so I, today I have to draw my strength exclusively from Him to take a step forward because I've been shaken out. It shakes us whenever we move to chapter 2 and it shakes us because starting over reveals what we were leaning on for our sense of security and peace in our life. Sometimes the good things of chapter 1, the silver and the gold, notice he mentions that, that suddenly becomes the focus. Our relation, for instance, our relationship with that other person, which began as a gift from God, slowly and subtly takes the place of God in our lives. And, 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 when, and when it's taken away, we're, we're shaken. You understand? I'm going, this is deeper here. This is a deeper truth. You understand what I'm, I'm talking about? God's judgment can be a dark gift. No one would choose to have, no one chooses to have their life shaken. And yet God shakes the heavens. He shakes the nations. He shakes his people because he loves them and he shakes us out. And what it means is oftentimes when we get emptied of what we previously were leaning on, we realize our focus had somehow drifted along the way to the wrong place. We started looking to the externals, the silver and the gold. And it was awesome. And you see how big it was? And it was just, and it happened with God's people. They're building the temple and forgot about the original point of the temple. It was to be the presence of God in their life. And they're like, but it doesn't have the silver. It doesn't have the gold. And I, that's what, it's just, they're not bad. It's just what happens with us. We're human. We began relying on the external things in our life and the friends we once had or the security of our home or that our job bought. And we become dependent on them actually for our security, for our peace. And they subtly displace God and they actually crowd out his presence in our lives. Whoa. And when they're snatched away, it rocks our world. We get, what's so afraid? Shaken out. It's hard. It's jarring. But it's God giving us a new opportunity to recalibrate our focus and experience him in a new way. What's it say? Here it says, the desired of what all nations will come. In other words, he says, chapter 2 will only kick off when your desires are reshaped. Because, because the, the, the time, this time, actually looking to the presence of God, rather than the temple trimmings, what it looks like for peace and meaning. See, eventually, the people actually give it all away the ending. The people did wind up rebuilding the, te- the, the temple. They, they got it. They got the new temple up. Spoiler, sorry. You know, okay. It was different. It was not the same. It wasn't bigger. But it was better because God promised the desired of all nations will come and I will fill this new house with his glory. You'll notice this is at the end of the Old Testament. You turn just a few pages over and the New Testament begins. Chapter 2. 500 years later, a man would walk into this very temple that the people of Haggai built. And that man's name was Jesus Christ, and he made an astonishing claim to actually be God in the flesh. And I've come to live among you in a new way, different glory. Not just symbolized in a sanctuary, but God in the flesh, in the heart of his people. That's what the desire of nations, that's what that prophetic line is referring to, the promise that God's preparing the entire world 
for chapter 2, the coming of Christ. A brand new display of, of, of a glory that will be greater than the glory of the former house. My son, my one and only son, as a sacrifice for you. There will be, in this temple, there will be no more sacrifices over and over on the temple altar because this will be my son's sacrifice once and for all on the altar of the cross. In your place, for your sins, he's going to die to give you a new life, a fresh start, a literal what? Chapter 2. A life with Christ as the central focus. That's what you've been missing. That, that's what you've not been perceiving. Do you, do you see it? it, it, it you, I had to shake you out. You lost focus. I'm calling you back. Maybe for the first time to the only person in this world who can give you lasting peace. My son, Jesus Christ, the Lord. It, look, if you've been restless, you're stalled, you're paralyzed, you're stuck, you're discouraged. That's what the funk is. Okay? That's what it is. You can dabble all you want in religion, in relationships, in work, in worldly success, but unless your focus is recalibrated and you lay the foundation of the temple on Christ, it won't last. You will never enter into chapter 2, a life with God. Because Christ is not an add-on to your comfort. Jesus is not an upgrade to your current lifestyle. It's a brand new life. It's actually a life surrendered to God, actually. I'm not trying anymore. He's living through me. I've just, I, it's empowered. It's washed clean of past failures. It's God living in your temple of your heart and living through you. That's how you begin chapter 2. That's literally how you begin chapter 2. You want to know how to turn the page? People are like, I hate to. You invite Jesus Christ into your temple, into your heart. You accept his sacrifice for your sins and say, I want new life. I want a fresh start. And mark this, verse 9. What's the promise? This is the period. And in this place I will grant what? Peace. Maybe this is your moment to turn the page and enter into chapter 2. Just as I've been talking, raise your hand if you're facing a chapter 2 situation. Who's facing a chapter 2 situation? Yeah, just a few people. Okay, so you have hands. As I've been talking, maybe chapter God's brought chapter 2 to your mind. And maybe this is your moment. Maybe this is your moment to start over. I don't know why you're here, a friend, but maybe it's to lay a new foundation, actually to give your life to, to, to Christ. In fact, let's just, let's just bow our heads. You talk to God. If that's you, you talk to God. You just tell him. You literally tell him. It's not a fancy prayer. It is literally talking to God and saying, you can pray with me, God, I want chapter two. I want it with all my heart. I want a fresh start. I've made a mess and I need you. So come into my life, Jesus, right now. Thank you for your sacrifice. Forgive my sins. Wipe the slate clean. I invite you in. I ask you for a brand new start, and I ask you now to live through me in a new way. Right now, just all eyes closed. If that's your prayer, just stick up your hand again. We had eight people this morning say, this is my moment. This is my moment. I'm turning this page. This is you. Just slip up your hand. Nobody else is here. Awesome. I see you over there. Welcome to God's family. Amazing for you. God bless you. You keep your eyes closed. That is amazing. God bless you. Maybe you've been considering this decision for a while. Don't put it off. Another day, another chapter two starts today. This is your moment. Turn the page. Just raise your hand. I, I, I want to step into chapter two. If you know someone in your life right now who doesn't know Christ. I want you to pray for them this moment. You pray for them by name. Father, you've seen, Amazing. Father, you've seen these hands. These are your people. 
coming back to you. So come into our lives, Jesus. Be our God and blow fresh wind in this place through our entire church. Shake us for your glory. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you agree, say amen. Amen. Amazing things. Can we welcome those four people? God bless you guys. That's, you're not joining our church. New life. It's chapter... This, we had the earlier service, we had eight people saying, I want new life with Christ. We have four people here, a dozen people today. We've had ten people last week. God's shaking. You understand you get what's happening here? Okay. This isn't me. Welcome to the journey. It's not going to change this afternoon. <laughs> you may not feel different. That's why we're here. We're not here to walk with you, and you're part of God's family, and we're going to walk this together. Some of you, you turned that page a while ago, all right? You've, you've been following Christ for some time, but Haggai is a call to return and refocus and press in in a deeper way beyond salvation and experience the, the deeper things of God. You, you, you're tracking? I some shape. It's one of the ways God's shaking things up in my life. Maybe you can sense that. When our health gets taken away, it has a way of sobering us up. Life, it, I don't know who said it, life whispers to us in our pleasures, but shouts to us in our pain. And we sober up. We begin looking to God in, 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 in a new dependency day by day in a way we didn't but when we had our health. Or maybe you're in a new land like the Adamsons, and all of a sudden, all the things that were security, your friends, your family, work, they all get shaken out, and all of a sudden, what really matters surfaces. And God says, this will have greater glory than the former. Why? Because my presence will be in it in a new way. It's no longer you just trying harder or living off old memories, or faking it behind a plastic mask, my presence will go ahead of you in a brand new way here in chapter 2, and the world won't be the same. Because in a little while, I'm going to do a new thing. I don't usually speak directly to people, Adamsons. You, you, you need to know this. God's going to shake nations through you. He's going he's to do a new work. And lives will be changed because you trusted Christ to give up yours. Right, folks, that's the power of turning a page. Press in and press on. What new thing might God want to do in this new chapter of your life that you're facing? It's not here yet in a little while. Acknowledge today where you are, what you're upset about potentially giving up, and what doesn't compare to what you previously had. Maybe it's a relationship. It's finally over. Your ex is moving on. It's a source of discomfort and pain. It's also an invitation. God says, come and go deeper with me. Maybe it's a job, your, your business. Type. I don't know. It's any host of things. But Mark, this is an invitation from God to you to press in and draw closer to him and experience his peace in a brand new way. A new thing always requires new focus. When we reprioritize Christ first, we, we, we lay a foundation that cannot be shaken. Amen? Yeah? If that's you, mark this moment. You tell God about it. Let's all close in prayer. Father, your people are here. We're bowing our heads, Father. We're clearing this moment just to connect and tell you what's on our hearts. I'll just give you a minute to talk to God. Father, there are a thousand different stories out there right now in this room. Men and women standing on the edge of something 
intimidated or fearful or just confused. But God, this is you speaking to them. Thank you so much for your word. It is truth, God. It's the eternal truth of God. Lord, I pray that you'll now plant that and seal that over with your Holy Spirit and even just confirm in our worship, Father, that this is a new beginning. We thank you, Lord, for the new people who have joined your family today. We celebrate, God, with you. We join your party right now. But, Lord, we say come and shake our church. Don't pray that lightly, God. And do a new thing in us and through us in the world. In the name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen.